Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and HornFM.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it up. That is your Monday on B&E. Hope you had a great weekend. Our 7 o'clock hour launch anthem, the Rolling Stones. Saw them live, Ty. Harrington saw them uh, out at Coda, Circuit of the Americas, on the Super Stage. It was a great show, except I blew out my uh, tendon in my ankle. I'll just be T.Y. today. You're T.Y., you're Ty. Ty Harrington, <laughs> Ty Henderson. Uh, you guys can both respond to the name Ty. And uh, it's interesting, y'all are both a, both both ties, and you're not short for anything, not Tyrus nope. or Tyler or Ty Ty, you're just Ty, T Y. Yes, and it bugs me when people call me Tyler. Okay. Yeah. And all my friends do it to piss me off. Yeah. yeah. And well, you're both, and everybody calls you both T Y. Yeah, yeah. That started. <laughs> Doug Hodo Senior started that for me. Um, I guess he's junior, but um, in the '80s when I showed up in in Austin, Texas at 18, 19 years old. And, um, out of Waco, Texas. Out of Waco. The, yeah. And he goes, your name is now T.Y. <laughs> there you go, T.Y. And it, it, yeah. And, and so either either my players or people either call me Coach or T.Y. There you and, go. Uh, I don't know. Very few people even call me Ty anymore, to be honest with you. I'm going to call you Coach, though. Coach and Ty well, here. I've been called a lot. When you coach, you get, well, we're gonna... you get called a lot of different things uh, when well, you coach, it, by the way. Ty is very – it rhymes with a lot. And, you know, you, you rarely call me Ty, Aaron. I yeah. feel like it's Tyrus – Tyree, something, something <laughs> yeah. different every time. T-Y, T-Y. Yeah. Uh, yes, well, we're having fun on a Monday. We're, we're, we're borrowing from Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns. They do the music survey on, on the Light the Tower program, and Ty, our producer, did it on Friday, and I listened to the, to the good, good part of it uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. So we're, we're taking pieces of that. We're going to use it throughout the week here while Buck is out to talk some music and have some fun in the summer. Great concerts and great live music going on. Uh, so the question this morning is the best live show you've been to. And, and Craig Way's question is, but greatest, great band or artist to see live? We've also added the caveat of maybe a show you, you didn't know. We were surprised it was as good as it was as uh, we've done it. And you mentioned uh, Toby Keith for yeah. you when you saw him playing. Just he, Was just he and his guitar? Yeah, yeah, no, he band? just is singing. No, I mean, it was just, he had a, there was a five-piece, six-piece band behind him. And they're, okay. they're a show band out of Vegas. And then they know how to play a bunch of cover songs. And obviously different genres of music. And somebody would say, hey, play Merle Haggard. Somebody would say, play, you know, Snoop Dogg. And they would start playing. And Toby would start singing. And, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And 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 Carrie, I mean, look, I always thought he was a good singer and a great performer. But his, his voice just carried. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just so impressive. I mean, actually told him afterwards, I was like, I, I, look, I've, I've, you know, I'm not a music you know, I don't know more than everybody. You you pay attention to more music than I do, and I do love live music. But I told him afterwards, like he needed to hear it from me. I was like, "Hey, that 
that might be one of the coolest things I've seen. I, I, he goes, well, you know, I, he 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 was a cover band guy originally, and how he got discovered. It, wow. And, um, yeah. So well, a lot of those guys have to start playing other people's music, so people yeah. buy tickets and come watch them at little clubs, and then they they uh, end up putting their own out, which is pretty cool. And uh, so we'll take yours, uh, have some fun with that. Specs text line's been busy already in the first hour. Best shows and most surprising live show. I've got mine here coming up. We're also talking the sports of a Monday morning and recapping a busy weekend. We'll dive into our Coach's Corner here coming up with the Longhorn Recruiting Weekend. Also, bottom of the hour, Eric Goodman's going to join us from the Austin Chronicle, covers the Austin FC, and Austin FC had a great week. Let's get to those headlines, get you caught up on the news of the morning if you missed that and any of the uh, the top headlines. UBO Business Services brings it to you. We'll start with the baseball in uh, Omaha, Nebraska tonight, the site of a one-game one game for the national championship uh, after yesterday's drubbing. Florida, after uh, LSU won the game Saturday night in 11 innings uh, with that home run, they, they get the victory there. But uh, Florida responded yesterday on a windy day at Charles Schwab Field with a 24-4 win over LSU in game two. They pounded out 23 hits, six home runs. Their All-American center fitter Wyatt Langford led the way. The projected top three pick in the upcoming amateur draft, five for five. Had a walk as well. Six RBI, ten total bases. They'll play one more tonight. First pitch set for just after 6 o'clock. Major League Baseball, Houston Astros avoided getting swept last night by the L.A. Dodgers in a three-game series. They won it 6-5. to five. Their bullpen blew it in the eighth inning, but Alex Bregman had a game-winning single in the 11th to get the victory there. Astros still five and a half back of the first-place Rangers. Rangers dropped the rubber game of their weekend series with the New York Yankees yesterday, 5-3. to three. Harrison Bader's two-run double in the eighth was a difference there. At Dell Diamond, Round Rock closed out their long homestand with a 5-4 walk-off win over Sacramento. In soccer, Austin FC wrapped up their best week of the 2023 season Saturday night. They rolled past the Houston Dynamo 3-0 at Q2 Stadium. Ethan Finley, Yazi Zardes had first half goals. Defenseman Louis, uh, Julio Cascante scored five minutes into the second half and that game was over with that win. And of course they beat Florida FC Dallas by the same score back on Wednesday. Verde claimed six points on the week. They moved from 11th place in the Western Conference to 7th. Now just two points out of the fourth spot in the West. They'll play at Inter-Miami on Saturday. Congratulations to the Round Rock Dragon 7-on-7 football squad. They claim the Division I state championship over the weekend down in blazing hot College Station. Dragons beat AM Consolidated 26-13 to claim the uh, passing league's top spot. Championship bracket was chock full of Central Texas squads. Buta Johnson made it to the quarterfinals before falling to AM Consolidated. San Marcos made it to the second round. Westlake, Dripping Springs, Lake Travis, and Weiss all made the top bracket but lost in their opening round. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, Ty, before we get to your or TY, Coach, before we get to the Coach's Corner um, and my my live show of, of the, that is my favorite, and we'll get to the Longhorn Football Recruiting Weekend, uh, give me your thoughts on this White Langford kid for Florida. Florida just drubbed LSU yesterday. Uh, a big six-run uprising in the third, big grand slam there, five more in the fifth. This kid, Wyatt Langford, you know, we talk a lot about Paul Skeens as the first pick, and then Dylan Cruz, the center fielder for LSU, maybe the second pick. But Wyatt Langford's right in there, uh, really top-end center fielder and can really hit the ball. He can. I mean, he's his approach is a little bit different. If you watch him tonight and you'll see how low he carries his hands as opposed to where a lot of people do, I think there's a couple reasons for it. I think there's a comfort level of directness between point A and B, you know, A being start, B being contact towards the baseball. But I think it also encourages him height-wise where not to swing at a pitch. Ooh. I think he uses that as a, uh, a depth of a fastball. Uh, if you watch, <clears throat> excuse me, if you watch, the, the Saturday night game, 
you know, I think there was a total of 20-some-odd strikeouts between the both teams with LSU striking out 17. Go back and watch that top of the triangle with that four-seam rotating fastballs came into play and just nonstop, you know, strikeouts. It wasn't the breakers, the old-school way of throwing, you know, you use the fastball up to set up your breaker away, now a breaker in the dirt. Now it's you use your breaker in the dirt to set your fastball up elevated at the top of the triangle. And, and Saturday night was just a display of what a four-seam you know, rotating fastball looks like and able to throw it and locate it at the top of the strike zone. And now if you look at a lot of barrels, you know, there, there's a little bit of, you know, lift in that, you know, barrels and, you know, trying to get to the middle bottom part of the baseball often enough. And when you do that, that four-seam fastball is used as a strikeout pitch now. And you're seeing teams more and more often go to that. I saw it for the first time pitching at the top of the, uh, that triangle probably about eight years ago from UCLA. John Savage, to me, I was watching a game late at night, and they were using it often enough. And, uh, and you're seeing more and more, you know, now with all the information, the pitching labs, all this stuff. I mean, you're, you're, you're hearing it on the games, the yeah. launch angles, the velo coming off, the spin rates, all that. You're hearing it out of the out of the group that's doing it. Imagine now at practice and, you know, you go to practice now, then you go to the to the lab afterwards to get your results or your game, you go to your, you know, get all the results, how it was. And how do you best use what you do best to spin that baseball? Uh, he's a good one. And Florida, uh, like a football score, 24 runs yesterday. Uh, they'll play one more tonight, as you always tell me, Coach, and uh, you always told your ball club, doesn't matter if you win or lose by a run or 20 runs. It's it's a loss. And uh, LSU did take game one. This should be a heck of a ball game tonight. Looking forward to it uh, at 6 o'clock this evening. Wind was blowing out last night and yesterday, and it's supposed to be blowing out again tonight. Like, you, you ch- yeah. checked your weather apps, so it could be a – Kind of a higher scoring championship game with the wind blowing out at Charles Schwab Field. Looking forward to that. Major League Baseball, good time. I know the Rangers dropped two out of three over the league. That was a really good series with the Yankees. They won the extra inning games four to two on Friday night uh, with the uh, Adolis Garcia home run uh, or big, you know, big, big knock in the tenth inning. Uh, they lost one to nothing. The Rangers did in New York on Saturday. That was a game that uh, you see that game tie. It was one nothing most of the ball game. And the Rangers had runners first and second, nobody out in the ninth inning. And I'm thinking they're going to at least tie this ball game. And they got some bad at bats. They they didn't even get the runners didn't move. And uh, first, second, nobody out in a one run game. Strikeout, strikeout, and a pop out. And the ball game was over. Give the uh, the bullpen credit there for the Yankees. And then yesterday you had Nathan Ubaldi against Garrett Cole, two aces and uh, two guys that are going to the All Star game for sure. And it turned out to be a five to three ball game. Uh, shortest stint for Garrett Cole this year, but Rangers are right there. Rangers are really a good good ball club. Looking forward to this week. They have four games in Detroit uh, with Detroit at Globe Life Field, and then they have four with Houston over the weekend. They haven't seen Houston. Is it in Dallas? It's in yeah, it's in Arlington. It's in Arlington this weekend, Friday, uh, Thursday through Sunday, uh, into the into Fourth of July weekend. So, and I'll say this for the Astros: they beat the Dodgers last night. But you know, it, it's hard for Astros fans to criticize Jim Crane, their owner, because. Since he's bought the team, they've been really, really good, and uh, he's been, you know, they've been to you know four World Series and won two of them and six times in the ALCS. We know that, and he's you know been a great owner. But what he did this offseason when he got at odds with his GM and offered the general manager a one-year contract, and he walked on him, and they went a couple of months without a GM. It's hurting this ball club right now. The signing of Jose Abreu without a GM was a bad move, without a doubt. And and also while Jim Crane was in charge, they signed Rafael Montero, their reliever. I mean, Rafael Montero is a setup man who makes – he's like the fifth highest paid reliever in baseball right now, uh, which is every, everybody else that's ahead of him are closers, and he can't get anybody out. I mean, he's a mess every time he goes to the mound now. 
Uh, so Dusty Baker's kind of strangled with with a bad contract at first base that's overpaid, that's not doing much. He's got a middle reliever who's making a ton of money. That's not Dusty Baker's fault, but you know Jim Crane's not big on eating contracts. Uh, you know, say what you want about it, but you you can't lose your general manager and not replace him and listen to Jeff Bagwell for you know your for a couple of months. It, it's hurting the club. The club has not got enough depth right now on their forty man roster, uh, and there's a reason you hire a general manager, Skip, to run your team. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, obviously they're going to have quite a bit more insight into it, but also I think if you look at the Astros. You know, their injuries have played oh, huge. huge. I mean, I, I, huge. look, I, I'm, everybody says, oh, you know, next man up. Well, <laughs> there's a significant difference between the guy that's in there every day and the next man sure. up often enough. And so I think that's had a lot to do with it as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, the GMs are important pieces of that. I, I, those guys, that's all they do. I mean, they're like glued to the phone and video nonstop and listen to their scouts. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I, there's so much information flow that goes through those guys that they continually and their backgrounds on knowing players and player development in which every player is. I mean, if, if you find a good – listen, sit down and listen to good GMs. They know every amateur. They know every professional. I mean, it's unreal, the names and, and the evaluations that they have just at the click of their fingers or at their thought process. Well, there's a long-term plan. It's not like the Astros are out of it. They're five and a half back of the Rangers. They'll play four games this weekend. But just, uh, you know, it doesn't appear to me right now to be because of the injuries and because of some of the things I'm talking about to be a championship kind of roster as it stands. I mean, you just can't lose – Lance McCullers and Luis Garcia and uh, you know just key and Michael Brantley hasn't taken that bat. Jordan Alvarez has been hurt now. Jose Jose Altuve was hurt to start the season. Um, it's just uh, and then you then you have some some bad signings like that. Uh, it can hurt the ball club. But again, the success has been great. They're they're in the mix, uh, but it does look like the Rangers are the class of the AL West right now. And I'll mention this because and then we'll get into our coach's corner. I sent you this statistic on fr- on. Friday. Did that blow your mind when I sent you the uh, Shohei Otani stat? Yeah, well, every stat on there, it kept saying Otani, Otani, Otani. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, to answer your question, it did blow my mind. I, I, I follow him and keep up with him, obviously, but not as detailed with professional baseball like that as what you show me as maybe like college baseball. Well, going into the weekend, they played at Colorado, the Angels did. They're, they were in second place in the West behind the Rangers. Think about this on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Starting the weekend, and I think it still stands true to this morning, but I haven't checked it. Shohei Otani for the LA Angels leads that team in batting average, home runs, RBIs, walks, OPB, OPS, slugging, runs, hits, stolen bases, runs created, and on the pitching mound, he leads the team in wins, ERA, and strikeouts. <laughs> Arguably the best player of all time. I don't know that anyone has ever played this game at a higher level than Shohei Otani is playing it right now. And I don't. It doesn't get enough. <laughs> get enough credit. He leads that team in everything, and it's a second place team. It's not a bad team. I mean, they're not. You know, they're they're, they're right there with the Rangers and Astros in the AL West, and he is doing everything for that ball club on a day by day basis and on the mound. Let's dive into your coach's corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's avconsultations.com online. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. All right, uh, real quick, the uh, Longhorns added two big commitments over the weekend. Uh, we know last week they got uh, they had their first big recruiting weekend with all the 2021 prospects from across the country in, and this weekend they did another one. They called it the five-star recruiting weekend. We're going to talk to Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas at the top of the next hour to get his full recap of what went on. But the Longhorns did add two more, um, and one yesterday was the four-star offensive lineman Nate Kibble from Atascacita High School down north of Houston, down by Kingwood. 
in the greater Houston area, Nate Kibble. A lot of people thought he was a Texas A&M lean, but ends up having his visit and uh, commits to Kyle Flood and the Longhorns. So Nate Kibble, 6'3", 315-pound big human, is going to be a Longhorn. And then on Saturday, the biggest news of the weekend, elite running back prospect Jarek Gibson committed to Texas. He's from the IMG Academy tie, and he's from the, from Gainesville, Florida originally. Kind of bounced around in high school and ended up at IMG. He is seen as one of the uh, – one service has him ranked as the second best running back in the country. And I said this off the top of the show. Tashard Choice, doing a pretty good job uh, as the running back coach at Texas. Uh, you know, he, he inherited B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson when he got here. But last year, recruiting Cedric Baxter Jr., the uh, number one running back prospect in the country out of Orlando, Florida. And now this cycle already adding two big-time running backs. The kid Clark from uh, Phoenix, Arizona last week. And now this one from the IMG Academy. Tashard Choice is earning his paycheck on uh, on the recruiting trail and developing players. Yeah, that's uh, obviously the names you just mentioned that were running backs a year ago. I mean, you think about how special that, you know, I know people like to use it. The running back room was a year ago. I mean, you think about the guys that were in there. That's pretty impressive. They're just well, and Stan Drayton layers, did a great right? job before him, right? Stan Drayton right. gets credit for, for bringing Bijan Robinson to Austin. And I do think, you know, Bijan Robinson and all the, uh, the 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 billing he got leading up to the draft helps, right? I mean, people want to follow in his shoes, and and uh, you know, Bijan was was a good mentor for sure. But uh, when you take a running back that had, had choices to go to Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, of course, he's from Gainesville, Florida. Could have gone to the Gators. Uh, this is a big one, and we'll talk to uh, Jerry Hamilton about that coming up and the big man from Atascacita. Put this in mind, Atascacita, uh, Sam Cosme, who's now playing with the Washington Commanders. He went to, to Atascacita, as did Kenyon Green, who went to Texas A&M and was an All-American and went on to the Houston Texans as the 15th pick in the draft uh, a couple years ago. So uh, that, that program produces big-time offensive linemen. Longhorns get one of them over the weekend. Jerry Hamilton will weigh in. All right, before we get to the bottom of the hour, and our buddy Eric Goodman to talk some Austin FC soccer, let me mention my favorite shows. Okay, you ready for my favorite live show? Yep. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to give you my most surprising live show first. All right. Because it's one that uh, resonates. Uh, so when I was in college, I told you, I told many people this, on this show many times, worked at a, at a ranch in Wyoming, and part of about a 40-person crew that really pretty much ran the ranch, from cowboys to wait staff to, you know, people cleaning houses and cleaning the cabins and things of that nature. So there's about a 40-person crew that I was a part of. And the crew was from all over the country. Like, there were real live, like, Yellowstone cowboys that ran the, the corral and the ranch. Um, but then there were people like myself, college kids from all over the country who came in and worked. And I met, there was a couple of people from Georgia, University of Georgia, Athens. So became friendly with them. And my junior year, we drove over to Athens for a weekend. We had a, like a four-day weekend from St. Ed's tie. And my buddy and I said, well, let's drive over. We'll see everybody. We'll have a weekend in Athens. That sounds fun. And it was a great time. It was in October. And they took us to a concert in downtown theater. What's the downtown theater the in Georgia Athens? The Georgia Theater. The Georgia Theater, Ty. Ty, you've been there. Yes, I have. Kind great of, place. One of the best venues I've ever been to in America. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and walk in. Turns out we're going to see the Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. <laughs> and before they were the Dave Matthews Band, and it's at the Georgia Theater. And I had heard of them because one of the, the crew members at the ranch, because one of the reasons Dave Matthews Band grew is they would allow you to record their shows. You could bring in your own blank cassette tape, and you could plug into their soundboard, and you could record the show. And so there were these bootleg, you know, cassette tapes of Dave Matthews shows all over the, the eastern seaboard because people would record the shows, and one of the crew members had it. So I had heard a little bit of their music, but this is before they took off. And, and became the Dave Matthews band. So I sit. I, I remember this. I was sitting up on the uh, 
the little stage area there there's like a you can walk down these aisles to the floor and then there's a little mezzanine area where you can stand and great view I and mean, you're looking right down on the stage it's it's a tiny little place I'm not tiny little but but it's a very intimate uh, arena and I was sitting on a beer keg because there was like I was over near the edge and there was a beer empty beer keg sitting there I just was sitting on leaning up on it and these guys come out and they play for 3 hours and it was unbelievable I mean it was it is to this day the most powerful live show. I mean, Dave Matthews Band has gone on to be one of the biggest touring bands for twenty plus years, and uh, I don't like all their albums and every one of their songs, but I still think he's an incredible musician. And their musicianship on that band, the Carter Buford, their drummer is incredible. Uh, Boyd Tinsley on the violin is amazing. They're yeah, my the top fiddle. ten. Yeah, the, the, dr- yeah, the, the mine too. What'd you say the drummer's name is? Because that drum Carter set Buford. he has, oh, I've yeah. seen him a few times live, and it's like, yeah. Well, talk to other drummers. Talk to other drummers about Carter Buford. I mean, that dude is unbelievable. And when you see them and to, with that that close, I mean, it was whoa. Uh, you know, immediately a, a hooked and a fan, and just one of those experiences where you, you it was it was powerful. You could just feel it. And uh, didn't know any of their music until I was there, and then man, was was in love. I went to one of my first dates. Was a was a Dave Matthews concert? Oh, cool! At Coda, that was good. I uh, love that. Yeah, that's that's. I went to their. Um, I was back in fifteen. I think I saw them. I saw them on the on a Saturday night. The next week, I saw Rush, and their farewell tour, Ooh. whatever year that was, the, at, at Coda the that same time. So probably on your first date. Yeah, I was, maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I will say this too, though, E. If you think about this, and you said they played for three hours, that's really only about four songs for Dave well, Matthews they, Band. They'll play, they'll just jam. I I know. Heard someone asked earlier what a jam band is, and I think Dave Matthews qualifies. In oh some man, sense. they yeah. go and go. Jam band. That's my most surprising show because I didn't because a lot of times you it's your favorite band and you can't wait to see them and you know every song. This was not that. I didn't know um, um, very very much of their music at all but was immediately blown away by it. This says, best concert I ever saw is also the most surprising concert I ever saw. 1983, I won tickets to see Rush in Houston. Could not believe how much music came out from three people in that band. The concert was fantastic. The light show was fantastic. Became a lifelong Rush fan. Yeah, Rush is one of those very polar. Dave Matthews band, too. Polar. Uh, but for me, that was I was hooked in when I saw that show in uh, the, the Georgia Theater, downtown Athens, Georgia. I uh, highly recommend that if you can get to it. I'll give you my favorite live show in general coming up as well. We'll take yours. It's part of Craigway's music survey. Craig's on vacation, so is Bucky, so we're going to borrow some of that this week and have some of those questions. So this morning we're taking your best live show and most surprising live show. We can also add to that, Ty, the show you, the band you wish you had seen that you haven't yet. Like like there's a band that you, man, because I, I should have seen Pearl Jam by now live. I have not seen Pearl Jam live. I should have, like in, in my head, every time I see... And there's that documentary on Pearl Jam where they play Wrigley Field. And I'm like, how did I never see them? That's one of the best music documentaries. What is that? Ten, is it called Ten? Or yeah, a, I think so. Something like that. Where they play two nights at Wrigley Field and, and the Pearl, because Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam is from Chicago. He's a big Cubs fan. Uh, but either way, we'll take those. Having some fun with music. Having fun with baseball. Longhorn recruiting with Jerry Hamilton coming up. But next, Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle. Did the Austin FC just jumpstart their season? Six points in four days. Wins over FC Dallas. A win over Houston, both by three nail scores. We'll talk to Eric about that coming up, plus the hot or not topics before the end of the hour on a busy Monday. It's Bucky and Eric. Appreciate all of the contributions on the uh, Specs text line. This says, I am so sad I never got to see Tom Petty live. Now I'm obsessed with his albums and recordings. I fortunately got to see the last Tom Petty show that came through Austin at the old Frank Irwin Center. And our good friend Gary Clark Jr. opened for him. 
and then joined him on stage later in the show. It was an unbelievable show. Yeah. And obviously, uh, he passed within, within a year from that show. It was a summertime show. And I remember it was like a Tuesday night. And I was like, am I, I going to be able to make this? i got to work the next morning. Should I go? And I was like, gosh, man, I, I would have crushed myself if I, if, I, if I had passed on going to see that. Has Gary Clark Jr. opened up for everybody? Yeah, Rolling like, Stones. I feel like he's Tom just Petty. like the coolest, chillest guy on the planet. He is. He is the coolest, chillest guy he's everywhere on the at once. Uh, somebody asked the question, how do you have a wait staff? At a, what kind of ranch has a wait staff? It's a guest ranch. It's a guest ranch. We eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so you got to have There's a, real nice ranches out there. Real yeah, nice how did you get tied into that, by the way? A friend of mine, been... good buddy of mine, his, uh, my roommate at the time in college, his father's oil, he had a, worked at an oil company in Denver that owned the ranch at one point uh, as a, you know investment property, and they sold it, but he had grown up going there, so... That's how. Just you yeah. know, know who you know. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he said, "You want to go work there?" And I was like, "Heck yeah, I want to go work there. Let's get the heck out of this heat and go work in the mountains." <laughs> Sounded great, and it was great. Three summers I did that. Uh, also on uh, best shows is Willie's birthday. First time you got to ever see Mr. Nelson, uh, incredible musician. That's a good one. This says uh, also. Ooh, this is best live show. Eagles 2020, right before the world shut down. Band I wish I could have seen was Queen. That's a good one too. Queen is one I. Obviously, with Freddie Mercury passing in the 80s. All right, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline, talking all things uh, weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And part of the really good was uh, Austin FC. They uh, beat FC Dallas last Wednesday 3-0. They turned around and, uh, on a Saturday night at, at Q2 Stadium and beat Houston, the Dynamo, by that same score, 3-0. Uh, kind of uh, jump-starting a, a lack, lackluster season so far. Let's talk to Eric Goodman from the Austin Chronicle, covers Austin FC and MLS soccer for that uh, great publication, the Austin Chronicle. What's up, Eric? Good morning. Morning, Aaron. It's unbelievable. I was thinking uh, if you were going to ask me the uh, the constant question, and my answer would have been that exact Tom Petty and Gary Clark Jr. show at the Irwin Center. That Did was you, unbelievable. Were you there? I was indeed. I was uh, up up on the left, about uh, fifteen rows up. Oh man, great show! Uh, great, great show! And uh, obviously, now that, that he's passed, you just uh, you know it takes a different level. And uh, Gary Clark, I'm, Gary Clark blew the. I mean, he was incredible. Was he not as an opener for you know? You knew Tom Petty was going to be great, and you're going to sing along the whole time. But uh, uh, Gary Clark delivered that night too. Yeah, I mean, that that night made me a Gary Clark Jr. fan for sure, and that kind of was the big takeaway. Getting to see Tom uh, on what ended up being his last tour was was obviously the big memory. But my God, I mean, you put a guitar in that and in, in Gary Clark Jr.'s hands, and and and. He can play forever. He can play all night for me. Magic. It was really good. Hey, uh, Eric, the uh, Austin FC. I mean, uh, how surprised were you by their you know week they had? I mean, they had their, their two in-state rivals, the Copa rivals in town. Uh, you know, four two games and four nights, and to win both by a, by a combined six nothing, pretty darn impressive, and certainly the most impressive week of the year so far. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was it was impressive. Not not necessarily incredibly surprising that they won both games, especially that that FC Dallas game. They were playing a real shorthanded version of FC Dallas, but the way that that Austin won won these games uh, in a way that you know playing in a way that we hadn't seen uh, since the glory days of last year. Not not just since the end of last year, since like the the prime of, of their run 
uh, to the number two seed in the Western Conference. And a lot of those same qualities, directness, um, you look at some of the players that have been really performing well. Diego Fagundes, for the first time all year, uh, is a factor and in, in, in play, is playing with energy and in, in giving Austin what they are expecting out of him and, and the reason that they kind of gave him a, a new uh, raise in his contract. Sebastian Driussi is back in, in great form, even though he's not necessarily being the one scoring the goals. I think that's a big, uh, refreshing change. So, I mean, it's, it was an encouraging week, no doubt, and, and, and one that uh, kind of could, could be a big uh, tone setter for as, as this club goes into the second half of the season. How is uh, – I know they moved both start times back an hour because of the, the temperatures. How have they – you know, is it, the te- how has the heat been? Obviously, they're waiting until the sun goes down almost to start these games at 830. Has that helped as far as the, the crowd goes and for the, the players? Yeah, the um, it, it helped in this uh, last Saturday night game when when the match actually did start at eight thirty when they originally moved it to Wednesday night was well, was the rain else. delay. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had the you had the one hour heat delay that was planned, and and then I think a ninety minute lightning delay that wasn't planned, and and having a match kick off at past ten p.m. local time, I hadn't uh, I had never attended an event like that. Um, but maybe it was the exact kind of shock to the system that Austin needed, and it kind of kick-started this little run of form that they're putting together. Yeah, they're into seventh place now in the Western Conference, and as I mentioned in our top-of-the-hour headlines, you know they're only three points or two points out of fourth place, and they play uh, Inter-Miami this weekend, and, uh, and obviously that'll be a game without Lionel Messi. He's not there yet. He's not coming until the 21st, uh, but that's a team that Austin FC can beat. That, that's a, Without Messi, they're not a very good club. That's a that's another three point opportunity coming up, and you know, they could have nine points in, in a week and a half, and be right back in the thick of things. Normally in MLS, when you go on the road, you're not necessarily expecting to to kind of play uh, your your most dominant, your most direct form of soccer. This is an opportunity for Austin to to go on the road and actually still play exactly the way they have been, because Miami is is just not a, a good team. I mean, we'll see when they get the likes of Lionel Messi and, and Sergio Busquets later in the season. Right now they're 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 in the conversation for the worst team in major league soccer. So this is this is three points uh or, or nothing. You know, three points are bust uh, for Austin uh to this coming weekend and, and it needs to it's the first of three straight road games in MLS play. And this is really kind of the the stretch that will determine are are Austin able to make a run into the playoffs and then maybe potentially set themselves up to do something when they get there? Uh, will be interesting to see. I do, you know, Lionel Messi. You mentioned there he, that he's bringing another player with him. Uh, expand on that because I we talked about it when he signed that contract that you know he's getting a cut of that Apple deal, and so it's in his best interest to try to recruit other players to join him in this league because as the subscriptions to Apple Plus and the uh, the the MLS package go up. You know he'll make more money, so he has, he's incentivized to try to, you know, bring more attractive players to the league. Do you think that's going to be a trend for for Messi to, and other guys to say, you know what, let's give this MLS thing a try? Well, it's going to take. So right now, any MLS team can only have up to three players that would would necess- would be getting you know the kind of salaries that that Messi and 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 then to a much lesser extent uh, Busquets are going to get. So we'll see if MLS, I, it, it's my opinion that they should absolutely loosen the restrictions, make it easier for teams to put multiple uh, world-class players on the same team. Uh, right now we'll see what, you know, Sergio Busquets is going to be maybe not as as flashy, but still a, an incredibly fun player to watch play in this league. I mean, he's he's a guy that y- you might watch 
you might watch the entire match and not notice him, but they say if you watch him, uh, you watch, you, you'll see the entire match through him and, and through him pulling the strings. Uh, he plays in that defensive midfield role, uh, former World Cup uh, winner. You know, he's won everything with Barcelona and is one of obviously Lionel Messi's uh, old teammates and great friends. And it's going to be fun to watch their partnership. But again, you know, it, it, it will take more than two people to, to send what, a, what is one of the worst teams in the league uh, into a playoff, into the playoffs. So this is a big week for Miami, too. I mean, they're trying to rack up points before those players get here. Yeah, and stay in the uh, within shouting distance of it. Uh, the world-class player for Austin FC is uh, Sebastian Driussi. You mentioned, you know, that he's starting to come alive. He had the injury that he dealt with. And remember, he, he was runner-up to MVP last year, right in that race, had a great year. Is he the key uh, moving forward, or what are the keys for Austin FC to keep this winning streak going? Yeah, it, it, it really feels that way. I mean, this team is just night and day different when he's playing up to the level that he's capable of. And, you know, I've got – I've taken some – you know, I've had people disagree with me on this. It's my opinion, and i felt this way for a while, that there's not a club in, in the world that Sebastian Driussi would look out of place on. I mean, that's just the kind of player that I think he is. I'm not saying he would obviously be the best player on any club in the world, but I'm not saying – I think you could put him on the field in any league and he would hold his own. And, and you can't say that about very many players in this league. Uh, and he can, he can just help you in, in so many different ways. Like I said, last year it was scoring the goals. This year it's, it's pulling the strings, putting in the dangerous crosses with consistency. Uh, and, and you finally started to see players like Giazzi Zardes um, and, uh, and Ethan Finley these last couple of games uh, are kind of getting there in the right spots to take advantage uh, of Drees's play. Eric, we appreciate it, my friend. Looking forward to uh, to a kickstart here. The, this week started the second half of the MLS season. They had played 17 games before last Wednesday, 17 to go, and they've got two down and uh, won both of those matches and see if they can keep that going at Inter-Miami. Thanks, Eric, for always being there for us. All right, guys, anytime. There you go. There's the update. Uh, six points in four days and uh, right back in the mix. Somebody says, why does Miami get him if Apple paid for him? Well, Miami, you know, it was, it was David Beckham who convinced Lionel Messi to come to Miami. Remember, remember how this worked out, Ty. This is what I love about you know business deals and the business of sports. When David Beckham signed with LA back when he you know hit the end of his career, right? He's in the twilight of his career. He signs with the LA, was it the Galaxy? Galaxy, Galaxy yeah. Part of his deal, right? He took less money than he could make overseas. Uh, he took less, but part of his deal was hinged on the fact that in the future he'll be able to buy an MLS franchise for twenty five million dollars. That was in his contract. So and it's in the MLS's best interest to have David Beckham in an ownership role in their league, right? He's one of the biggest stars in the world at the time. So when Inter-Miami came online, he bought in, and he, for $25 million, that, that franchise is now worth over $500 million. And that's a pretty good investment by him, pretty smart, long-term thinking for David Beckham. Well, now it's in David Beckham's interest for that franchise. Let's bring Lionel Messi in. Well, how do you make it worth his while? Well, they give him a cut of the franchise, and they cut him in on the Apple deal. Just last year, Apple TV bought the entire LMLS package, right? All the games are there. You have to have a, you have to subscribe to it on Apple if you're a soccer fan. Well, right, well what's the best way to shoot the, the subscriptions through the roof? Is sign somebody like Lionel Messi, but you give Messi a cut of the deal. And so now it's in his best interest to play for a while and potentially attract other players to join the MLS to pump subscriptions. So again, it's you understand it, it, it's no different than uh, or it's similar to Michael Jordan in the Nike the Air Jordan shoes, right? When his mom said, "Cut me in on cut him in on the deal." Okay, 
Well, now he's a billionaire, and now he's bought and sold the Charlotte Hornets. And, uh, you know, more and more I think you're going to see athletes getting invested in the ownership side and the and the big stake side of things, and we're seeing that with Messi. Uh, certainly you're seeing it with, with Michael Jordan. Uh, gosh, Tom Brady getting into ownership yeah. with the uh, Vegas Raiders. I mean, it's, it's where the money is, Ty. I mean, there's rich, and then there's those dudes. Well, that, first of all, they've got the capital within their own means to, to invest in it and or buy into it, yep. first and foremost, right? And, and so the, I like it because, it, you know, you're putting uh, great athletes involved in, in their business, right? I mean, in, in owning sports teams, that's gotten out You're of not picture. just an employee. You're kind of part of the big yeah. picture and the big deal. And well, think about it for Messi now, right? I mean, because people say, well, how did he turn down $1.6 billion from the Saudis? Well, you know, big picture, if he helps grow the MLS and grow that Apple Plus package, which is what Apple Plus wants and what the MLS wants, you know, that's going to benefit him. So it's not you're not just coming in and collecting a check. You're actually invested in the growth of the league because that's in your best interest, too, and certainly of Inter-Miami. So, and I do always agree with Eric Goodman when he says that they need to loosen the restrictions on, you know, international players that you can bring in and the salary cap rules that they have in the MLS. That's going to have to change, too. But uh, in time. So Austin FC off to a good start to the second half of their year. This says, uh, by the way, agreed, guys, that Rolling Stones concert was great. Once you got there and traveled there, the parking was horrible. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned that Rolling Stones concert. What was it, two Novembers ago? It was an incredible show. But, yeah, we had to park at an elementary school like two miles from Coda and then walk to Coda and then walk to the stage, the super stage. It was crazy walking. And I actually tore a tendon in my left ankle climbing the hill to the stage to our seats, stepped in a hole, uh, you know, just and, – and, but so I had to – the whole show I was in, in pretty severe pain. But it was a great show. I got to finally see the Rolling Stones. And uh, we're taking your, your favorite live music show based on uh, Craig Way's live music survey. We're having some fun with that this morning. Also, most surprising live show. We'll reset those coming up. Also, Jerry Hamilton talking Longhorn Recruiting Weekend in our next hour and taking yours on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Coming back with Hot or Not here on a busy Monday. What's hot? And what's not? Hot and not. What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. All right, hot and not on a busy Monday, and it's blazing hot. Triple digits are back after a bit of a respite into the weekend, but uh, it's going to be really, really hot. You know that. Uh, how about this LSU head baseball coach Jay Johnson on if ace Paul Skeens will pitch tonight? On three and a half days rest, 250-plus pitches over nine days, but will he take the amount? He said, quote, as I talked about last time, we'll do a process to figure it out, which we'll do. <laughs> as I talked about last time, we'll do a process to figure that out, which we'll do. He did not rule him out. I'm not going to rule him out. He's, I mean, I, again, I, we talked about this briefly earlier. I think it represents so many things about college baseball that are wrapped into tonight's game. And when you start talking about how he got there through the, the portal and then you start talking about NIL, what is LSU's expectations from an NIL perspective for him to possibly pitch? Then you got a young man who's going to be the number one pick in the country, I think, personally. Um, and all those things wrapped into whether he's going to pitch tonight and a national championship title – what is that? How, you know, you start weighing both sides Calculate of this thing. That, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting. It's not cut and dry. It's a complex moment. Oh, sure I think. it is. Oh man, I mean, and got to protect that young guy's arm. 
Yep. He's put 243 pitches in two starts over nine days, and he's on three and a half days rest here. But it's for a national championship, uh, and it's it's an opportunity. You don't get get these that often. It's tough to do <laughs> to finish the deal, yeah. and uh, you know you've seen his stuff. I mean, Buck and I have talked about it. I mean, it translates that it, you know he can get big league hitters out right now with that stuff, right? I mean, he can walk into the major leagues, and so this is where you have to be very careful with the Pittsburgh Pirates on the clock with the number one pick on July the ninth. Uh, they're going to be monitoring that closely. Everybody weighing in on their best live shows and most surprising live show. This one says, 1986, the Houston Rodeo, the Judds opening for Don Williams. Wow, that's a off the nose, and I love that. This says, best live show I ever attended was the Kanye West Glow in the Dark Tour 2008. Uh, before he lost his mind, openers were Rihanna, Lupe Fiasco, Pharrell, and Nerd, or N-E-R-D. Uh, next best was Bon Bon Iver at the Dallas Opera House. Best acoustics I've ever heard. This is very good. Best concert at Paul McCartney at Yankee Stadium, 2011. Billy Joel played a, played a song with, uh, and the stadium was shaking. That's from Sal in New York City. How about that? Paul McCartney and Billy Joel came out. Okay, that that probably wins. That probably wins the conversation this morning. And this one says, uh, "Don't judge me." I love these that come in. Don't judge me, <laughs> Adele. In Vegas, yes, I'm 35. She is a goat vocalist. Agreed with Adele. Yeah, uh, agreed with her. All right, so we'll take yours. Those are fun. Uh, also, uh, Chris Stapleton's got to be up there for me too. Well, I'll mention this, Ty, because I did see Chris Stapleton last September. Um, we went to a there's a there's a really cool festival called the Pilgr- Pilgrimage Festival. It's a two day festival in Franklin, Tennessee, which is outside of Nashville, little town, little Civil War town, cool place. Uh, and on the Saturday. This is one of my ones you have to go see if you get a chance. The, the Saturday night lineup had John Batiste. John Batiste, his album recently won all the Grammys. He's uh, what is he? He's the he does the music for which like Stephen Colbert show. Uh, but this dude is out of New Orleans, Louisiana. John Batiste is phenomenal. He is a Juilliard trained musician, piano, but his performance. I mean, it was it was like it was an experience. It was like going to a, to a revival of some kind. It was unbelievable. So John Batiste played, and that was followed by Brandy Carlisle, who put on an incredible show. And the next night when we saw Chris Stapleton, it was good, but it was just like put the blanket down, lay in the grass, and listen to music. The other two were like, man, tent revivals. Uh, so as far as performance, uh, I put John Batiste really, really high. That guy is as good a musician pound for pound as there is on the planet I, I right like now. Concert, concerts like that, though, like the chill. Yeah. Well, they, if that's your thing, out, right? And, and Chris Stapleton. Not just, get sweaty. Yeah. Well, and just put your blanket down, which you could do at the Pilgrimage Festival. It was a beautiful night in September. And uh, just listen to hit after hit after hit and his silky voice. And But Chris Stapleton's kind of in line with the George Strait kind of show, where it's just not going to be a lot of performing going on. There's some great guitar playing and some unbelievable vocalist vocals and just great song after great song. But a little bit different than, than if you're looking for the performance stuff and the, you know, rattle the cage kind of show. You're probably not going to see that with Chris Stapleton. But great show. And to each his own. Everybody's got their their favorite. Uh, Ty, what do you have for us in Hot or Not, my friend? Uh, PETA coming after Drew Rosenhaus. You know, the agent, the, Drew the, Rosenhaus? The, the super agent, yes. Uh, I sent you the video on Twitter, but there was a video that surfaced this weekend of him wrestling a shark in the ocean. Uh, you know, just pulling a shark. But it's not was the that when it was he with... Uh, who got no, Ty, Tyreek Hill? Wasn't he on the fishing trip with Tyreek <laughs> Hill last week when he smacked the dude in the head? Yeah, I, actually, yeah, I, I just read that part of this. Uh, yeah, he so was there. Th- this seems like a pretty exciting. A lot came out of this this fishing trip in Miami last week. Um, but Peta has basically come after him, calling him out. They straight up were like wannabe macho man. Said that he was hanging out with too many NFL athletes, thinking he uh, he's got a little you know 
He's, he, you know, just a little macho man. But uh, I don't know. Would you wrestle? It's like, what is I wouldn't five, wrestle five a Five and a half foot, six foot shark? No. no. Out. Out. No, no. Not in I'm his don't, house. Don't if you were me, paid? I'm, if you were paid? No. No. No amount of money to do no. that? It's no. Like, it's like Boo Weekly and the orangutan. I'm not getting in. Yeah. No. Not in his. No. <laughs> I forgot about that story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out on that. No, I I'd, I'd do the orangutan for, I like I said last week, I still if you paid me the right amount of money, I'd let Mike Tyson knock me out. It's a good story, too. Well, I would not. I don't. Now, if the shark were on land, maybe I'd wrestle him. But if I'm in, if I'm in his house, I'm in the ocean, no. I mean, the sharks, it's, I've watched it. It's a pretty docile shark. Something's going on here. It's not like a great white or anything, but, I mean, uh, it, thrill seekers. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, it depends on what time of the day or night you ask me that question, if I let Mike Tyson punch me in the nose how, or not. How many Bud Lights have <laughs> yeah, that point? Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, busy Monday morning. We're taking your best live shows ever attended. Also, uh, favorite spots to see live music is always good, too. Uh, I mentioned uh, Dave Matthews Band at the Georgia Theater in the early 90s was a great one for me. Uh, Surprising live shows. Jerry Hamilton talks Texas football recruiting coming up as well. Uh, Big recruiting weekend. Longhorns landed two commitments. Could there be more coming uh, for the weekend they just had? They called it the five-star weekend. Uh, Sark and company. We will uh, talk with Jerry about that coming up. Reset your headlines. One game for the national championship tonight. Somebody texted and says, I would start somebody else, but the minute he struggles, Skeens is in the game. If I'm LSU's skipper, we'll take your thoughts on the uh, decision tonight for the LSU Tigers versus the Florida Gators. All Gators yesterday. It's being on the horn.